Hola, me llamo Sammy Eisenberg. Estoy en el Dell Diamond con mi amigo Oscar Rodriguez. Hello, I'm Sammy Eisenberg. We are here with Oscar Rodriguez. So what do you do right now and uh, who do you who, who did you play for uh, previously? Well, right now I'm an account executive, actually senior account executive now for the Round Rock Express. Um, besides working on the business side, whether it's uh, memberships, group outings, or um, the sponsorship side of things, I also get a chance to help out in different areas that I'm passionate about. One of those is coaching, so I get a chance to coach baseball camps as well as uh, the 12U on the select side of uh, the organization. In addition, something that I'm very passionate about because I know what it is to be in unfamiliar territory is uh, I get a chance to translate for some of the guys that, that aren't necessarily um, uh, well-versed in English or have trouble understanding the language, so that's something I'm very passionate as well. Um, I had a brief uh, experience with the Washington Nationals organization, uh, spent a little time with them in their uh, academy in Dominican Republic, roughly from 2007 to 2008. From there, I was still uh, able to play four years of college, two at which were at Western Nebraska and my last two at Houston Tillotson University. So where did you uh, grow up? Uh, everywhere, man. Uh, started, I was born in New York, New York, until uh, I was about 10 years old, but Somewhere in between there, I did uh, kindergarten in the Dominican Republic. I, I remember that. But uh, from there, moved to Dominican from fourth grade till seventh. Eighth and ninth, I went to Miami. Tenth and eleventh, I did in Dominican Republic. Then I went back to Miami for my senior year. Went back to Dominican where I lived in an abandoned stadium for about a year, which is where I, I, I progressed a lot on the baseball side of things and, and saw how kids that were truly hungry about the game, how they were living and the type of work that they were putting in. And from there is when I got a chance to to visit the Washington Nationals and spend almost a year with them at the academy. So going off what you just said about how kids uh, in the Dominican Republic are uh, doing more, what do you think the differences between kids in the USA are doing compared to what the what the kids in the Dominican Republic are doing? Well, it's, it's uh, a catch-22 because obviously this is their only way out, right? Or at least they see it that way. Um, one of the main things that I remember seeing when I was a kid was um, big leaguers, how they would come back to the to the country and these fancy cars, like I saw Robinson Cano bring over the first Porsche Panamera to San Pedro de Macorís. And these kids, if, if you get a chance to take a look at um, his uh, um, video that he has, it's about a 20 minute piece and the first thing you do is they ask these two kids, he's like, why do you want to be a baseball player? One kid is like, oh, I want to be like Robinson Cano. The other kid's answer was very eye-opening because he says, I want to be a baseball player because I want people to love me. In other words, they see the type of love and admiration that these big league ball players get. And to be honest with you, when you see somebody bring over millions of dollars to the country, it definitely opens your eyes, and other professions aren't quite as as luxurious as, as that of a ball player, so um, the fact that these kids are all banking on making it to the big leagues is, it's cool because you see a lot of talent come out of the Dominican Republic, but at the same time, they sacrifice their education for the most part, because instead of going to school from 8 a.m. to about 3 p.m., like kids in the U.S. do, 
They're at the baseball fields from 7 a.m. to about noon. They'll take a little break. They'll work some more on their game, whether it's on hitting, on fielding, or going to the gym. And then they go to night school for an hour or two. So it's a trade-off, basically, I feel, for the most part of education for skill development, which is something that um, could be done. But I think there's a better balance that most of the kids could could uh, draw towards and to both make it professionally and um, continue being educated. So going back to you uh, being a coach, what's your favorite part of, of coaching? My favorite part of coaching is the attempt to relay the information at an earlier stage than when I received it. So if something clicks for one of my ball players that I learned at 17, 18, 19, 20, even 24, and it clicks for them at 13, that just makes them that much better of a ball player and uh, the opportunity to continue to climb in terms of uh, their playing level just gets that much greater. I think that's the, the coolest thing that I get to see with, with kids all the time. So when a kid is not motivated or doesn't want to do the work that uh, he needs to do to get to that better place, what do you uh, tell his parents or what do you tell him to do, basically? Well, it's, it's a choice. I mean, uh, kids that I get to work with are fortunate enough to where they're, they have their education. Um, they, for the most part, play multiple sports. And the last thing I want to do is burn a kid out by telling him this is what you need to do. No. This is what I recommend that you do. You either take it or leave it. This is probably going to make you a better baseball player. But at the same time, look at the, on a smaller portion size, look at these big leagues. Look at the time that they're having. Look at the, how people, how excited people are to see them in spring training. How excited people are, are to see them when they're at Dell Diamond. And I think that's one of the biggest motivating factors for these kids. And they're like, look, and if you play baseball, you play baseball for, six months and you had spring training then you got about three to four months where you can play Fortnite all you want so that's kind of what I, I share with the kids when it comes to motivating them that was a really good answer and <laughs> talking about the Fortnite so when a kid doesn't want to come to practice and all they want to do is do Fortnite 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 now of course being that it's such a big thing making a lot of money what do you kind of uh, tell them or not not tell them but what do you uh, want them to do basically with that well it's 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 one of those things where you you figure out you might have a, a kid that's on your team that if his passion truly is Fortnite, he might be a great gamer one day and he might make millions of dollars playing games nobody thought that that you would be able to do that and they'd encourage kids to get out and play and all that stuff and now you got guys making millions of dollars playing games it's about finding their passion but keeping it fun especially at the age that i get to work with i work with a lot of 12 year olds uh so if I could keep it fun and encourage them that, hey, if you become a pretty good baseball player, people are actually going to want to see you play Fortnite or play Fortnite with you. It should be a lot cooler than just playing in your living room, right? So there's a couple ways to motivate them with that, but essentially at this stage is having fun and then helping them find what their passion is. So, so what's your definition of uh, the mental game for you? The mental game of baseball? Yeah. it's. I think it's the, the most important part of the game. I mean... Uh, there comes, at certain levels, the skill side of things are going to be pretty much equal, with the exception of phenoms and, and guys that are just ridiculous at, at a certain part of the game. But how you approach the game is key. One, it's such a game of failure that 
if you don't have a positive outlook or a short-term memory in certain aspects, you won't be playing this game for too long. But if you're able to to channel that nervous energy slash that uh, almost anxiety in certain situations of the game, uh, in addition to being prepared before a play as it happens, you see a, a lot of times, guys, where the, the game seems like it's too fast for them, it's speeding up on them, it's because just mental preparation and the approach isn't, isn't quite there. And I, I was victim of it sometimes as well. I mean, sometimes I, I would feel in the batter's box and I feel that little shake on my knees and I'd have to just shake it out, step out, take a deep breath, be able to control my breathing, step back in there and, and try to have the best um, positive mental attitude that I can at that time. But it's something that it doesn't just happen. It, once you build the confidence, which you do through the hours that you put in practicing and developing your skill, everything becomes a little easier. But from there, you need to make sure that you're at a positive state of mind. Whichever part of the game you're, you're um, tasked to do at a certain time, but also being prepared mentally to, for the situations and what you need to accomplish at a certain time. So it's a combination of a lot of things, but if, if players don't look into at least what does it mean to be, what does the mental uh, game of baseball mean, then it's something that before long it's not going to be a fun game and they're going to feel pressured most of the times. If you're able to channel that and control it, it becomes an amazing game and, and the confidence just continues to build as you go. So talking about uh, the mental game, when you're in the batter's box and you're about to step up, step up and face the pitcher, what, do you, what, do you, what were you thinking when you were playing? Or what do you think the kids uh, nowadays are thinking when they're about to step in? I think right now the game, and it's, I mean, obviously the, the goal is to, to work smarter and harder. I don't want to say either or, right, because... At the end of this game, you can have the perfect swing, but if you're not putting the work in, right, to be able to develop that swing and other other parts of your game, you're not really going to go far. But um, I think that with the the approach that I had when I was playing was very simple. I had an approach prior to stepping into the box to where I know, am I lucky middle in against this guy or middle way? I tried not to guess pitch just location and adjust from there um but depending on what the pitcher is trying to do out there if i've seen a couple of bats before me i already have a good idea of how he's attacking the lineup and from there it's more of a just see the ball crush the ball and just having to get that back to where i'm hitting the ball solid or at least accomplishing my job at that time whether it's moving the runner over getting the runner over with a bunt getting my two hard rbis which is something that I emphasize with the kids, when we are getting prepared for a game, I'm more about situational hitting than working on their mechanics because they're hearing it everywhere, right? Do this, do this. And when you tell the kids too many things to work on, they tense up, shut down, and then it's back to square one, right? So especially prior to games, it's more about accomplishing your job, going through situational hitting, getting the job done, and making sure that they're self-evaluating um, they're at bats or their swings in BP to be able to correct it. And then in practice, that's when I go on the mechanical side and put a little more pressure on them to where it's natural when they get out in game situations. So a fun last question here. Who is the uh, best player you've ever shared the field with? Same team or? Hey, same team, opposite team, doesn't really matter. All right, so Juco, I faced 
Bryce Harper, the, the, when he got his GED, a lot of people know he played for Southern Nevada. We faced him in districts, and that was our motivation the entire season. We actually had a picture of Bryce uh, in our cages to make sure that we're doing everything we can to get to districts. We were fortunate enough to do it. We lost to his team on a last inning. I, I believe it was an error, and we lost. It was a heartbreaker, but it was a very close game to one of the top-ranked teams in the nation. And after that, that was kind of our goal, and we just lost the next game by a lot of runs. But that was also eye-opening because that's when I realized that my professional career, my career overall was coming to an end because he went one for four with a home run against us. After that, he went four for six with the cycle. And the final game, he went six for six, four home runs, a double and a triple. And he basically had more extra base hits that weekend than I had my entire season. So I was like, all right, that's just probably coming to an end pretty cool, uh, pretty close. But um, one of the teammates that I got to develop with, it's funny that uh, now that we're with the Astros organization, last year we were with the Rangers, he's actually now fighting for a spot in the Rangers organization in the big league level. His name is Danny Santana, came up with the Twins. Uh, spent a little time with the Braves and now he's in the Rangers organization but this kid and I, we were together when we were 15 to 17 and came up uh, through the Dominican Republic together and has all, have always kept in touch so it's pretty cool to see him still being able to, to mix with those big league guys and while I'm over here just sitting back doing my office job but those are probably the two best guys that I got a chance to share the field with. Bryce Harper is a very big name right now. Yeah, he, he got paid a, a just budget. a little bit. Yeah, just, just a little, little bit. bit. Thank It'll you so all right. much. Yeah, you got it. Thank you, my man. Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show, the algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. This week, I would like to thank Nava, Bobby, and Scott for their reviews. And don't forget to play ball, kid.